Hallelujah. Well, clap your hands to the Lord tonight. Let's worship him. Let's for what I feel in the house of God tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel like God still has something he wants to do in this place this evening. Amen. Praise God. I know both of these men behind me can preach ten times better than I can, but you're stuck with me tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I want God to have his way in this place. It's been too long since we've seen somebody walk out of here full with the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. I've come hungry for God's glory to meet with us. Amen. Praise God. If you've got your Bibles, I want to go to Ecclesiastes, chapter number four. I was reading the scripture the other day, Wednesday, I think it was, and the scripture came out at me, and I uh, couldn't get away from it all week, so here we go. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, <clears throat> verses 9 through 12, says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Amen. When he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be, how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. Tonight, I want you to lay your Bibles down. We're going to ask God to meet with us tonight. Hallelujah. I want, I want to be done when God's done. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I want to talk about this subject for a little bit. Achieving the ultimate through unity. Amen. Can we lay our Bibles down? Let's go to God in prayer right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. God, I pray that your anointing would rest in this place, oh Lord. God, I'm hungry, God, to hear from you. God, I want to see your glory in this place tonight. God, we must have your anointing. We must have the, the unction. God, we must see souls saved today. God, we've come today desiring and expecting of you today. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, one more time all across this place, let's lift up his name tonight. Oh, let's lift up praise to him. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated this evening. <coughs> Amen. Praise God. I know this is not something new to all of us. Amen. But I want to delve into this just a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be like teaching or if I'm going to end up preaching. I don't know. So I want God's will to be done this evening. Amen. What is unity? Amen. Hey, when we say unity, we all have an idea. Amen. I went to the dictionary 
to find out what they had to say about it. And the definition that I found at dictionary.com was the same that I found at Merriam-Webster. Amen. So I just pulled this one out. Um, it means the state of being one or oneness. Um, unity means a whole or totality as combining all its parts into one. <clears throat> the state or, it is also the state or fact of being united or combined into one as of the parts of a whole or a unification. Amen. It also means absence of diversity. Unvaried or uniform character. Amen. And the last definition it gives for unity is oneness of mind, <clears throat> feeling, etc. As among a number of persons, concord, harmony, or agreement. Amen. Simple definitions tonight, but unity simply means oneness of mind is basically where we're going to head this evening. Amen. There is power in unity. Amen. I'll say it again. There is power in unity. Amen. This isn't in my notes, but <clears throat> right now come to mind. The Tower of Babel. The men were of one mind. They set their minds to build a tower to the heavens. And the Lord himself looked down and he said, the people be of one mind and nothing can stop them. Amen. The Lord said that. There's power in unity. Amen. If we're unified, there's nothing that can stop us. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether it be good or bad, nothing can stop us if we're of one mind. Amen. But the Lord sent confusion and broke up the unity. Amen. And we know the rest of the story. Most of us do. Amen. But there is power in unity. Our text in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, we're going we're gonna to jump into that real quick. Our, our text tells us that two are better than one. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to tell us why two are better than one. Amen. Let's look at this real quick. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 again says, <clears throat> Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Amen. You ever tried to uh, build a deck by yourself? Yeah, I have. <laughs> it's not a lot of fun. It's a lot easier with somebody else there helping you. Most of the time when I'm building a deck by myself, it's not ever going to wind up being as level as I wanted it to be. Amen. There's a reward in having somebody else there to help you. Amen. Two are better than one. Amen. They have a good reward for their labor. <clears throat> Verse 10 goes on to say, he says, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Amen. You ever fallen so hard that you can't hardly get up? And you had somebody there to help you? Two are better than one. Amen. Amen. I know a lot of us like to say, well, I can do it by myself. But let me tell you something. Ecclesiastes tells us two are better than one when it comes to living for God. Amen. I've, I've, I've lived a life of living on my own island by myself, trying to live for God. I promise you it didn't work out very well. 
Amen. I'm not going to get into that tonight, but I can promise you, you cannot live for God being an island to yourself. You've got to have somebody in your life. Amen. First of all, you've got to have a man of God. But next, you need to have your fellow brother and your fellow sister. Amen. Because they're the ones that are going to be standing beside you saying, Brother Jared, you look like you're having a rough day. I'm praying for you, brother. If there's anything I can do for you, I'd love to help you out. Amen. It's those times where you call your brother or your sister up and you just say, Hey, I was thinking about you today and I always want you to know I love you. Amen. As, as, as corny as, as that might seem, I can promise you, for me, it has been the world at times. Amen. Praise God. I need my brother and my sister. For if I should fall, I need somebody there to grab my hand and say, Brother Brandon, it's, it's, it's all right. You can get back up again. I'll help you just for a little bit longer. Hallelujah. Praise God. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. It says, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Amen. Praise God. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. Amen. But how can one be warm alone? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And if one prevail against him, the scripture here says, then two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Have you ever taken just a piece of twine? Just a piece of twine all by itself. And you wrapped it around your fingers and pulled on that. It breaks pretty easy most of the time. But if you wrap two or three of those things, intertwine them, braid them together, and you try to pull them apart, you, you can't do it with your bare hands. Amen. Just think, if you and a couple of brothers and sisters are intertwined, braided together in unity, in prayer, in fasting, and reading the word, upholding each other. I can promise you not just any old devil can step in there and tear you down. You're not just going to walk out on God. Amen. If you're intertwined with your brothers and sisters. <clears throat> there is power in unity. I said there's power in unity. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. When, when unity, when I'm thinking of unity, I, I, I went to the scripture and I began to look at some things and it just kind of blew my mind as to what actually transpired many times when the people had a mind to do something. When they came together, they began to achieve and they began to accomplish. Amen. And that's where I came to my title, Achieving the Ultimate Through Unity. Amen. We must be unified. Amen. We've been praying. How many of you have been praying that you want to see God's glory around here? You want to see God's glory. How many of you have been praying for your brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. That's where we're going to achieve the ultimate. Amen. That's where we're going to see his glory is because we're praying for each other. Amen. And we're praying for those around us. Amen. Praise God. We are commanded over and over. I begin to go. I'm not going to dwell on all this tonight. I've got a, another place that I want to go with this, but I need to lay some groundwork but we must be unified to see his glory. We are commanded through the scripture time and time again 
to be one with our brother and sister. We are commanded to love our brother and sister. We are commanded to uphold our brother and sister. Amen. Praise God. Jesus was one that taught this. Amen. Amen. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35 says, by this, by what? Loving one another. Shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have loved one for another. I got one question. And I'm not asking you to raise your hands or anything like that. I just got one question. Can the world tell that you're a disciple of Christ? Amen. Can the world tell that you're a disciple of Christ? How do you talk about your brothers and sisters when you come up to your neighbor? How do you talk about your brothers and sisters when you talk to your family members? Amen. Just a seat for thought. That's not where I'm heading. That's not where I'm going to dwell tonight. Amen. I don't want to make any enemies this evening. Amen. But there is a truth to that. How does the world see you? Can they say they're a disciple of Christ? Amen. They love God. How can they know that you love God if you don't show love for your brother and sister? Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through verse 31. I'd have to say I refer to this scripture a lot. Amen. But I love this scripture because this is everything that, I, that, that my life is built upon. Mark chapter 12, verses 30, 28 through 31 says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We believe in one God around here, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Jesus said, this is the first commandment. You've got to love God. You've got to understand that he is only one. There is none beside him. You've got to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But he didn't stop there. He said, this is the first and great commandment. They didn't ask him about the second commandment. But he went ahead and he told them. He said, and the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. You've got to love your brother just like you love God. You've got to love your brother. You've got to love your sister just like you love God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, how can you love God whom you have not seen when you can't even love your brother whom you have seen? Hallelujah. Praise God. We've got to love each other. We've got to be one with one another. Hallelujah. When we see each other hurting, we got to reach over and say, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything you need, I'll be fasting for you if you want me to. I'll even go on a, on a multiple day fast if you want me to. But I've got to see your soul saved just like I've got to see my soul saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 
Jesus taught it. Paul taught it. Amen. And if I went through all the scriptures of Paul talking about loving one another and having unity one with another and, and, and upholding each other, we'd be here all night long. Peter, Peter taught it. John taught it. Amen. In fact, when I, when I was doing my search through my Bible program, I think I've seen almost every single epistle talking about loving one another. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to say everyone because I can't tell you that. I didn't go look and pinpoint it. But now that I'm thinking about it, there almost every single one that, that is in the New Testament, I'll, I'm pretty sure I've seen most of them there. It's pretty important stuff. It must be important or, or the apostles wouldn't have taken time to talk about it. Amen. There must be something to this thing called unity. There must be something to this thing called loving your brother. Loving your sister, amen. Praise God. Paul taught it, and I'm not going to go through a lot of it. I'm, I've just got a couple of scriptures I'm going to pull out. But Ephesians chapter 4, verses, Ephesians chapter 4 is a, a very popular chapter. We all, a lot of us can quote Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, 6, amen. But we're going to look at some more other than just verses 4, 5, and 6. Amen. Because there were some things that he said before he got to those popular verses. Let's look at it. It said, I therefore, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg you, I beg you, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Why is this important that we be one? He goes on to say, because there is one body and one Spirit, even as, even as you're called in the hope of your calling. And then verse 5 says, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Why is this important that we be one? Because God is one. God has one purpose in mind, and that is that we be saved. That's why he came and he died on the old rugged cross for our sins. Hallelujah, he didn't come and die on the old rugged cross so we could, we, could, we could get saved and we could get the Holy Ghost and then we could tear each other apart the rest of our lives. But no, he came that we could be one with him. Hallelujah, and to be one with him, the Bible tells us we have to be one with one another. Hallelujah, praise God. Paul begs us, Paul begs us to walk worthy of the vocation that God called us to. Amen. And that, and that vocation is that we must walk meek and we must be lowly and that we must be long-suffering and that we must forbear one another in love. For if we are unified, we will be one with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we're having issues with those around us, we need to step back and say, okay, where am I at my relationship with God? Hallelujah. 
How am I, how is my relationship with God transpiring here? Amen. Am I at a distance from him? Because I sure am at a distance from my brothers and sisters. Amen. Praise God. Paul goes on in Galatians chapter 5, and I've been teaching the last five, four or five weeks on this in Lacine. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, about walking in the spirit that you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. The apostle Paul gives us two spiritual gauges, if you will, here in Galatians chapter 5. Amen. And I thought it ironic that most of the works of the flesh had to do with your relationship with others. Amen. Let's go through those real quick. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 verse, through verse 26. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. A lot of us are doing good. Hatred. Variance, emulations, all of these things have to do with how we treat our brother and sister. Hatred. Did you know John told us that if we hate our brother, we are a murderer? Are you at variance, emulations? Are you at wrath with somebody? Are you in strife with somebody? Amen. Seditions. Heresies. Amen. These are not where I want to focus tonight, but this is a spiritual gauge. You want to know how close you are to God? Take the Bible. It's referred to as a mirror. Look at it. Look at it. Wrath. Oh, man, I, I need to get that off. Strife. Ah, got to get that off. Amen. But if those things are in you, the Apostle Paul says, that of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things, those that do these things, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But there is hope because if you see these things in your life, then you're doing all right. And those things are, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Amen. Meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. I just wanted to bring this to our attention. That you, we, need to be, we need to be careful how we treat each other. Amen. We've got to love one another. We've got to love one another. Amen. No, I understand that we're going to disagree on some things. I'm not saying we have to agree on everything, but there ought not be strife, and there ought not be any divisions. There ought not be any wrath amongst the brothers and sisters. Amen. We must be full of love. 
We must be full of joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Amen. Verse 24, he goes on and says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Verse 26, he, he ends the chapter with this. He said, Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Amen. We ought to walk in the Spirit. I'm not going to, I looked up that word provoking. The word to, to provoke means to annoy. To annoy. I hate to be annoyed. I almost said I hate annoying people, but I don't want to go to hell for murder. <laughs> Amen. But I don't like annoying people, should I say that? But you know what? That's why I have to have long suffering in my life. Amen. Amen. Just, just because somebody does something you don't like and you think it's annoying doesn't mean that it truly is annoying. Amen. It just rubs you the wrong way. Amen. I got to love my brother. I've got to love my sister. Amen. Especially if I want to make it to heaven. But I want to see his glory in this place. I want to see his anointing in this place. Amen. I've prayed too many prayers. I've fasted too many days not to see his glory in this place. Oh, I didn't get enough response on that one. I said I've fasted too many days and I have prayed too many all-night prayer meetings for this place to be filled with his glory. I am hungry. I refuse to be the same church we've been for almost 20 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor set out a vision. I want to see that vision filled. Vision 300. I've got to see it fulfilled. Amen. I've got to see that new building completed. Hallelujah. I've got to be a part of this thing. And I'm not going to be a part of this thing if I'm at odds with my brother or my sister. I'm not going to see this thing if I'm constantly stirring up strife among the church members. I'm not going to see this thing if I'm constantly mad at somebody. But I've got to see this thing fall. I've got to see the, 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 the stronghold of division fall in this city, in this church. I've got to see God's glory. Praise God. Praise God. I really, as I began to read Galatians chapter 5 and I kept going on into chapter 6, I'm like why in the world did they put the chapter break right here? Because it goes on and Paul keeps talking about, he keeps talking about if you see somebody fall, you've got to reach down and help them up. If you see them, don't just talk about them, he said. He said, but you reach down there and you grab them. And you say, all right, come on, man. We can do this thing. You're going to be all right. Just because you fell doesn't mean it's all over for you. Just because you messed up doesn't mean you got to turn out and walk out on God. We are here for you. We want to see you say. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close tonight. Hallelujah, but this is where I want to get to tonight. Unity is necessary if we want to see God's anointing and his blessings in this place. 
Hallelujah. I was, I, I think it was Admit, Brother, Brother uh, Dudley began to talk about Psalms chapter 133, verses 1 through 3. And I just had this part of the scripture in my mind today, and I didn't realize it was a part. For whatever reason, I didn't realize it was a part. I didn't make the connection. But when I looked it up, what was going on in my mind says, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But when I pulled the scripture up, I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to copy Brother Dudley because there is no way in the world I'm going to even be able to do it justice like he did. But one thing that I remember, and I begin to look at and again see it in this scripture, Psalm chapter 133, Brother Wisdom, verses 1 through 3 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard of Aaron, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. He's talking about the anointing here. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. But the last part of this scripture on the bottom here is what really jumps out at me as I begin to look and study today. Said, for the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. Are you making a connection here? Verse 1 says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Verse 3, he ends it up and he says, for the Lord commands the blessing. Hallelujah. You're not getting it. I said if, if you're in unity, God commands the blessing. Okay. Normally we talk about the blessing coming. It just comes. It just falls. Pastor Regan, you help me. You pull my coattail if I'm, I'm, I'm wrong here because... What I begin to see, and I'm, I'm so excited about this. If I can get this across, I'm doing good tonight. Amen. But what, what I'm seeing here is God saying, if my people are unity, I'm not just going to let the glory and the blessing fall. But he said, I'm going to command that it get down there. He said, my people, they're one mind and one accord tonight. I'm going to command my blessing to go. Blessing, you don't have, stop what you're doing. You don't have time to do anything else. You get down there to my people and you bless them people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want God's blessings to be commanded upon this place. We've got to be in one mind. We've got to be in one accord. We've got to love one another. We've got to hold one another. We got to come in this place and we got to get in the prayer room and we pray as one. When the prayer room is over, when the prayer meeting's over, we walk into the service. We praise as one. When the preacher gets up, we preach as one. When the preaching's all over, we get in the altars and we pray as one. If we want God's blessing to fall, we've got to be one.
Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 says, So build we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. Hallelujah. We want to see his glory. We've got to be one. We want to see him accomplished. We've got to be one. It can't just be one or two or three that are fasting for this thing. It's got to be all of us. It can't just be one or two or three that are coming together and praying. God sent you glory, but it's got to be all of us. Hallelujah. Do you really believe what God has promised this church? Do you really believe you God's going to fill this building? Do you really believe God's going to give us a tithe of this city? Oh, we've got to be one. Let me ask you again. Do you believe the promises God has given us? Do you believe? Do you believe? Then you've got to believe it as one. God said he was going to do it. We've got to show him we believe him as one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I begin to think, well, you know, this old fat boy is about out of breath. Amen. But I'll tell you what. God has great things in store for this church. If we can understand the power of unity, we can achieve the ultimate when we get into a spirit of unity. I feel like God wants to do something here tonight, but he wants somebody. He wants not just a couple of us running the aisles. He don't want just a couple of us standing in worship, but he wants everyone in this building to get into a mind, into a praise, into into prayer. God, we expect your glory to fall. God, we expect your anointing to fall in this house. I'll tell you, the power of God is here right now. If you could just respond to the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I've got some more notes, but I'm done if the Holy Ghost is done. I want to see his glory fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's been prophesied around here. It's been prophesied around here that God has set before us an open door. And then we've been told that, yes, we have an open door, but we have many adversaries. But in our text today, the first scripture Verse 9 says, two are better than one. Those adversaries that are around that door don't stand a chance when New Life Pentecostal Church decides, I'm done playing games, I'm ready to join together with my brother and sister, and I'm going to break through this door. I don't care what strongholds we've got to tear down. I don't care what things we've got to encounter, but we are going to see God's glory here in this place. Hallelujah. 
And the adversary said tonight, I'm going to step in new life. Yeah, they're having a good move of the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to put a damper on it. I'm going to stop what they've seen already. They're not going to get any more. But I'm telling you, I've got to see God's will done in this place tonight. The devil has no authority. Jesus told Peter, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me finish my notes here. Amen. I began thinking, yeah, we know we've got some adversaries to deal with. But they're no match for the church of God. I began to think of what happened in the book of Acts. Every time there was an open door, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high, until the promise of the Father comes. And they went. I don't know how many days they spent praying, but I'm sure there were adversaries rise up. But let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. Acts chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. And verse 14 says, These all continued with one accord. In unity. You understand this? These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Why am I talking about this? Because the people got together. And verse 14 says they continued with one accord. The people were hungry. The people became unified. What does Acts chapter 2 verse 1 say? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, because they were in one mind, in one accord, that's what it says. They were all with one mind, with one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14 we find they got together. Excuse my voice. I've got to get this out tonight. We've got to see God's glory. Amen. Hallelujah. The people got together. 
The people got together in one mind and one accord. They began to pray. They began to seek God's face. Acts chapter 2, God responds to their unity. They, God responds in a great and mighty way. And they saw souls saved. Hallelujah. I think in the, in the, by the end of the chapter, there was over 3,000 souls added to the church because the people became one. I didn't stop there. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23, verse through verse 25. I'm trying to make a long story short. You want to finish this for me? <laughs> In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went into the temple at the hour of prayer. And they came upon a man that was lame from his mother's womb, the Bible says. And he looked on them. Saying alms, alms. And most of us know the story. I'm going to rush through it real quick. But he says, alms, alms. And Peter looks at him and he says, look on us. And the man looked on him, expecting to receive something. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that man jumped up and he began to walk and leap and praise God. Going on into the house of God. And that opened an opportunity for Peter to begin to preach. And Peter began to preach with everything he had, I believe. Amen. And the authorities didn't like it. And they took him and they began to question him. And they began to rail on him. Amen. The adversary showed up, if you will. And they got beaten and sent on their way and commanded them not to teach or preach at all in the name of Jesus Christ. But do you know what they did? They went home and sat on their couch and posted on Facebook about how bad they were treated. No, they didn't do that. No. The Bible says, <clears throat> see if I put this verse in here. Yeah. In verse 3 of, sorry, verse 23 of Acts chapter 4, Brother Wisdom. It says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported. They did tell everybody what happened because I'm sure they were all wondering what in the world just took place, guys. They didn't let us in. I want to know what happened. So they told them what happened and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Go to verse 25. Sorry, verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. You see those next three words? With one accord. Hallelujah. With one accord. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, the people got together and prayed for God's glory to fall. God responded in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, they just got through going through a trial. Amen. They were just, they were just persecuted. And they went and they prayed and they lifted up their voice together as one. Okay. Now let's jump down to verse 31 and see what happened. 
Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Where they were assembled together, the people got together after they were going through the struggles. And they got together and they said, all right, let's pray together. We're praying in one accord. And all of a sudden, the glory of God falls where they are. And it shakes the building. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what was going on here a while ago in this service. Some of us all got our minds in one mind and one accord. And the power of God began to fall. The power of God began to fall because we were all thinking and we were all praising to God in one accord. And something happened. Oh, I got to do this tomorrow. Oh, what time is it? I don't know what time it is. Let me find out what time it is. I don't know what it was, but the devil put little distractions in our midst. And he began to say, all right, I'm done. You, you don't need to go any farther because he knows if he lets it go any farther, then he, he, is, he has no place in here. And he has to go on the outside and God's will will be done. And people will walk out of this place with the Holy Ghost. And people that need deliverance can walk out of this place delivered. And God's glory can fall. And God can shake this house. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I refuse to let the devil distract me anymore. I've got to be one. I've got to be unified with each and every one of you. I've got to see the glory fall. I've got to have his anointing. I've got to have his blessing. And the Bible tells us when we become as one, he will command it to come. Hallelujah. One last example, Sister Becca, come. One last example I began to think about was Paul and Silas. I know there wasn't a bunch of people there, but it just said two are better than one. Hallelujah. But the Bible said, and Paul and Silas, we just heard this a few weeks ago or, or last week or something, but Paul and Silas, they just went through another trial. They were just beaten. They were just thrown into prison. But they didn't just sit there. Telling everybody how bad it was. I'm sure they probably said, man, I don't know what just happened. I know God told us to come here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it was Paul or if it was Silas. But they were both there. And I can guarantee one of them looked at the other and said, I don't know what's going on. But I know one that can get us out of this. And we're going to praise God together in one accord. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. It didn't just say Paul began to pray. It didn't say Paul has decided to get up and pray. But the Bible says Paul and Silas began to pray together, and they sang praises to God, and everybody heard them. That's pretty awesome. They had good church. But it didn't stop there because God responded in verse 26. And it said, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. And so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I don't know what, what you're going through tonight. I don't know what anybody's going through tonight. But I can tell you right now, if you can get in one mind and one accord, God can step in this place. He can blow the, blow the doors off of the prison house that you're in tonight. God can pull you out, 
but he wants to know, will you become one with my church? Or are you just going to be an island to yourself? Hallelujah. Are you just going to sit there and think about what's going on tomorrow? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all stand tonight. Hallelujah. I just I want to know, God, what would happen tonight if we got in one mind and if we got in one accord? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I still feel his glory in this place. I still feel his anointing in this place. Hallelujah. What are we going to do about it tonight? Hallelujah. I could keep up here preaching and screaming until I have absolutely no voice. But I'm going to leave it up to you. God has said, if you will be one, I will answer. If you will seek my face as one, I will answer. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, let's come on. Let's worship you right now. Let's pray to 